This is Live Well Talk and Occupational Therapy. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at UniPoint Health St. Luke's Hospital. While some people may be celebrating the Jazz Appreciation Month in the month of April, it is also Occupational Therapy Month. And joining me today to talk about the topic is Jim Pazor, Senior Occupational Therapist at UniPoint Health St. Luke's Hospital Inpatient Rehab. Welcome. Thank you very much. Good to be here. You know, I've said this on another podcast. I've said it to other people. I think occupational therapy is really cool. Um, I, I love how I love the cleverness and the problem solving. And I just I just think you guys do a phenomenal uh, job and patients are so appreciative. Uh, it gets them back to their uh, their previous status of life and activities. But it, I just think it's phenomenal. But tell us what occupational therapy is, because because I think sometimes it's misleading, Jim occupational therapy, people think this is somehow related to employment or work uh, when, I don't know what else you'd call it, but it, that's kind of misleading. So could you clarify oh, that? Uh, I agree with that. I think that's always the running joke in OT, right? Like if uh, I had a dollar for every time a patient told me I didn't need a job, I have a job, I don't want to get a job, could retire early because, you know, we always have to come back and, and kind of address that. You know, I think at its fundamental core, you know, what OT is so much about is really uh, enabling people to get back to the things that they want to do within their everyday lives. And I think that's what makes it uh, such an exciting profession, but also a hard one to kind of nail down to being just one thing. And I think often we want to be able to do that and define things by being a single entity. And really OT is so multifaceted as it relates to working with people, whether it be on the classic things like getting up and getting dressed, to the functional mobility, to functional cognitive skills, to uh, upper body rehabilitation, um, visual spatial scanning, visual work. It's, it's such a multifaceted profession and we work on so many different levels with people in so many different ways within their lives. I think it's always been what the challenge for OTs has been is to really identify that in a way that, that people can understand what we do um, because we do so many different things uh, within our profession. Yeah, I, I, it, it is misleading. It, I, I kind of always thought of it as more of like an engineering specialties where like, you know, a chemical engineer can do electrical engineering to a certain degree, but, you know, an electrical engineer can't necessarily doesn't do chemical engineering, you know, so it's kind of like physical therapy does their thing. But then occupational therapy does activity and movement plus more. Correct. Uh, I would agree. I mean, you know, that uh, it's taking a look at somebody's mobility. And, you know, we certainly know being mobile in and amongst itself is one thing. But just being mobile doesn't make you functional. And it doesn't give you back your life. And you need to have all those other aspects to go along with that, whether you're an individual who wants to get back to fishing. Well, that's something we work on. Somebody wants to get back to golfing, you know, some of those other life skills that go beyond just getting from point A to point B. Um, to me, so many patients exemplify that, you know, I, I can get up and I can walk, but now what do I do? And that's right. so much where we come in and saying, you know, now there's a whole other world that we have to explore to get you to do, uh, be it uh, the way you did it before or coming up with new and uh, ingenious ways to get you to back to doing those things. Now, the, the education, walk me through that. Some of these parallel specialties to, to physicians have gone to this either master's or PhD programs. Uh, it comes to mind, uh, pharmacy, uh, athletic training now is a master's program. Ph uh, right. Pharmacy is all PharmD now. Um, so what, where, where's occupational therapy? Uh, we're basically along that exact same course of action. Um, you know, years and years ago, it was bachelor's. Bachelor's became master's. And now most all of our master's programs are converting to the doctorate program. So 
really kind of following that same line of thought as it relates to education and training. And then I can't tell you the exact break in terms of schools that are doctorate, but there's more doctorate programs and master's programs now, and we anticipate that continuing. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's a trend across all specialties. Uh, mm -hmm. to give some comments. You mentioned phishing, but give us some common scenarios uh, that people are sent to you uh, for therapy. Um, boy, that's a good one. Uh, it's really a, a lot of different uh, diagnoses, but ultimately all relating back to sometimes the same basic piece of somebody's got an inability to complete the tasks that they want to, whether it's getting up and getting dressed, whether it's using their arm. Uh, in OT, it can be returned to driving, for example. We do a lot of work with driving. And so as those you know, people really arrive, as like any healthcare professional, it's about identifying kind of where those breakdowns fall. And then what do we need, we need to do to, to help that individual? Um, I, I think it's, that's what's so fun about it for me is every patient's a little bit different and every problem's a little bit different. And so I don't feel like as a profession, it's ever really stale. It's always you know, evolving and growing and changing. I don't know if that exactly answered your question. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's the that's what I like about occupational therapy is its uniqueness. I, you know, I've had a lot of mutual patients over the years with mm -hmm. with your team. You know, as a as a hospitalist and also in wound care. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the because those present a challenge, perhaps getting their leg compressions on, et cetera. Uh, and so we depend on our occupational therapist to help us. Uh, lymphedema therapy that's I believe yep. that falls under occupational therapy. Yep. I mean, so there's there's a lot of things that you do that patients probably don't understand. So take us through how your relationship to physical and perhaps like speech therapy on the inpatient side. Great question. Um, you know, I think as you said earlier, there, there is a little bit of overlap within the professions, but then there's also kind of the core areas that we do. And, and I've always felt like a little bit of the overlap is good because as what we know in recovery, no matter what your problem is, mass practice is one of the things that really helps get you better. And so having some of that overlap just means that your patient is getting more throughout the day. In terms of relationship with the professions, you know, we really work very well together within this organization. Uh, the nice thing is, is that we don't have these really hardcore defined boundaries. So we do overlap, but we work together in terms of, you know, what are you working on with the patient or what problems have you seen that are going to help me help the patient better with what I'm doing? And, you know, and so often I think that's one of the values of having so many different professionals is more eyes on the client, more eyes on the patient. You get a better handle with what they're doing and what they're not doing. Yeah. And then we can really talk to each other about that to really augment our treatments and what we're going to do to help them. Yeah, it's, it's yes, because you're there at the elbow with them and you get a real sense of, of how they're doing. Uh, whereas a physician, you, you kind of get a biopsy of this narrow window of their mm -hmm day where I think as a therapist, you get a bit larger window and probably a more accurate assessment of uh, safety with going mm -hmm. safety going home from the hospital. Just give a, just a brief uh, summary of how the pandemic affected uh, occupational therapy in your clinic and what changes do you have to make? Because, I mean, social distancing, uh, maybe part of it could be tele, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I think there'd be certain things that might, but you know, it's a hands-on specialty. Yeah, we, we we talked a little bit about telehealth, but realistically, that was very difficult for us because of that exact fact that so much of what we need to do, we, we need to see what they do. We need to be with them, beside them, hands-on, those sorts of things to to kind of get a good idea of where to go and what to do with those, with those patients. Um, 
I think really what the uh, the pandemic did uh, for us, a couple different things is, I think the evolution of what OTs can do in the acute care area was really grown in terms of how they're working side by side with PTs and the nurses, uh, really on those acute care floors and, and really mo mobilizing those patients and getting them moving forward. Um, for those of us more along the rehab line, I, I think it was a, it was a really uh, an opportunity to really expand your knowledge and, and really learn about new things and new diagnoses, new treatments, and how did it challenge us as clinicians to change some of the things that we did before in the past? And how do you help a patient when they've got a whole lot more going on than what we initially thought and really just maybe other areas that we weren't fully addressing, things like uh, some of the cognitive deficits that we saw with the uh, post-COVID patients that originally, you know, we things that we had to evolve and learn into. Yeah, and I think another unique thing about occupational therapy, um, the occupational therapists, they're, they're always, they're pretty upbeat because they see their patients get better. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so sometimes on, on, in mild, especially, they just, people never seem to get better. You know, they still have their heart failure, et cetera, but uh, mm -hmm. you really have the opportunity to take some ownership and actually see the patient get better and the gratitude patients have. That's why we show up every day, isn't it? No, 100%. You know, I, I always figure at the end of the day, maybe the worst thing I ever offer a patient is hope, and hope is a good thing to have. It's hope that you're going to get better and working towards that goal, and that's really the, the ultimate piece that we're providing. Um, and then having the opportunity to see people get better. Uh, I've often said I've learned more from my patients throughout my career than, they've ever, than I've ever taught them. Uh, and is, from a pure, is, you know, satisfaction standpoint, I can't think of a better thing to do every day. Yeah, that's true wisdom there. I always say that the days where everything goes wrong and I have to stay late is actually the best day because they needed me. You mm -hmm. know, if everything goes perfect, it's like, well, they, they, they didn't need yeah. me today. So it's always nice to be needed. This is really great information. Thank you so much for taking time. This was occupational therapist Jim Pazor with St. Luke's Inpatient Rehab. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.